You're listening to Current with Valerie Hayes. Welcome back to the show. Today I'm discussing some controversial topics that have dominated the news lately. And one of them that's causing emotional concern and discussion and a little bit of uproar, uncertainty, and overall confusion is the issue of transgender rights and transgender access. The transgender issue of rights and access has been around for a while, but it recently popped up in the news because of a law that was passed in Charlotte, North Carolina, about transgender access to bathrooms. So let's make sure we understand transgender as opposed to transsexual or transvestite. A transgender individual is a person whose self-identity does not completely conform to the conventional notions of male or female gender. In our culture, we tend to categorize people as either male or female. And transgender people can identify themselves as completely opposite from the gender of their birth. So, example, a transgender woman might be physically a male but identifies as a female, and a transgender man is someone who might be physically female but identifies as a male. So you can be, uh, the transgender community uh, indicates that you can be one or the other completely opposite from your um, biological sexual gender, or you can be somewhere in the middle. Recently, uh, earlier this week, there was a court case that said you don't have to identify as either male or female. You can kind of identify as gender neutral somewhere in the middle, um, which was a court case that just happened earlier this week. So these individuals dress and live as the gender with which they identify. How is that different from a transsexual individual? Typically, transsexual individuals have gone through a process, a physical process to change their body and the hormones within their body to reflect the gender that they want to be or that they identify with. So a transsexual uh, who has started out as a male may decide to begin taking... um hormone, estrogen shots and other hormones to begin um, changing their voice to a more higher pitched voice, uh, to start softening some features, their hair begins to grow, their beards cease to grow. And then they also, if they continue with the transsexual process, um, go on to have transsexual reassignment surgery where the physical body is actually altered to reflect the physical body of the gender with which they identify. Obviously, the most famous and most recent case of, a, of kind of a celebrity transgender is uh, Bruce Jenner, who transitioned to Caitlyn Jenner. And that, so that's obviously an example of a woman transition. I'm sorry, a man transitioning to a woman. Caitlyn Jenner identifies as a woman. Another case that you might be interested, uh, also a celebrity, is Cher, uh, Cher's daughter. Of course, Cher just goes by Cher, right? Cher's daughter, uh, Chastity Bono, born a female, um, uh, later transitioned to a male and is now known as Chaz Bono. So she was born a female. She identified as a male. She started taking the male um, hormones and went along with the gender reassignment surgery so that her body parts now look like the body parts of a male and she no longer looks like a female. So that's the difference between transgender. The transgender individual has not gone through gender reassignment surgery, but they dress and live as the gender with which they identify, which means that 
they they look like the gender with which I identify. They probably go by the a name of a gender with which they identify. So if you started out as a boy and you want to be a girl, you you decide on a new girl name and vice versa. So you can see that if they're dressing and living as the gender with which they identify, that they want to have access to public facilities such as locker rooms, retail changing rooms, or bathrooms that match the gender gender with which they identify. In most cases, the general public seems to support this action. Um, and there are a variety of reasons for that. But the primary reason is that the transgender individuals express that, that when they are required to go into um, the facility that is consistent with their birth gender, but not consistent with the gender with which they identify. So if you are living and experiencing life as a woman, but are forced to go into the men's room because you were born a boy, that, you know, you're walking into a men's room looking, dressing and acting like a woman. And men are a little startled by this and a little bit put off. And sometimes these individuals are experiencing um, shaming, bullying, and in some cases, even physical. So they're they're assaulted or physically harassed or they're experiencing sexual assault. So. Currently, there's no federal law in place that protects specifically the personal liberties of transgender individuals. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has ruled that transgender people cannot be discriminated against simply for being transgender. Um, And that uh, ruling is under Title VII, for those of you who want to look that up, Title VII, which is a federal sex discrimination law. But the law really only applies in cases of employment discrimination and it offers protection offered by way of federal law in case of employment but it doesn't cover laws um, cases involving access and that means as you recall from the constitution constitution 101 uh, issues that are not settled at the federal level specifically by law are then reserved for the states which means that state individual states are left to determine whether they're going to offer protection to trans transgender individuals, and several states have recently set up laws that specifically protect transgender people from harassment or discrimination, but there's also several states that have passed laws limiting their access, and recently, Charlotte, North Carolina came under fire for a new law that made it illegal for transgender people to use public bathrooms that match the gender with which they identify. In other words, that law forces them to use bathrooms that are consistent with their biologically assigned gender. So what that means is that a transgender woman, a transgender woman is biologically male but lives and dresses as female, a transgender woman would have to use the men's room or face legal repercussions. Uh, the problem that people have with this is that this then, um, the, the, the complaint or the argument or the concern is that this then puts transgender individuals into what could be a potentially dangerous situation for them by, uh, you know, requiring the transgender woman, again, biologically a male, dressing and living as a female, to go into the men's room or the men's dressing room at a store, perhaps. Um, they're putting them in a situation where they might be verbally or physically assaulted or even uh, sexually assaulted. There are, unfortunately, some reports of that. Um, one of the biggest concerns that we have from people who are indicating that, you know, transgender individuals should not have access to the gender, the bathroom of the gender with which they identify. They are concerned that transgender, either transgender people themselves 
are actually pedophiles and rapists and that the transgender people are going to um, perform sexual assaults on women in the the restroom. The other concern is that uh, pedophiles and rapists will dress up as women so that they can go into the restroom. They'll pretend to be a transgender individual so that they would have the rights of going into the the bathroom with which they identify. So they will pretend to be a transgender individual, dress up as a woman, and go into the woman's restroom or dressing room to sexually assault people. The challenge with that is there is no actual statistic to support that that has ever occurred or takes place. 80% of sexual assaults that are reported... 80% of sexual assaults occur when the victim knows the attacker. The victim already knows the attacker. That means that in these cases, we're looking at such things as um, a societal setting. You've gone to a party. Um, things have gotten out of hand. You've had a lot of drink. Uh, or maybe someone has slipped something in their drink that has caused you to be unconscious. You knew somebody at the party. It was a friend of a friend. It was a friend of yours. It was a member of the social group that is throwing the party. Um, so that could be the case. It could be a date rape situation. Unfortunately, that occurs with great frequency. It could be a case of domestic violence. Um, a husband or a wife is sexually assaulting their partner. Um, and it could also be a case of incest or molestation of a child where it's often a family member. Um, sometimes it's a coach of the soccer team. It could be a teacher from school, right? So those kinds of situations account for 80% of sexual assaults. So we can see that it is statistically unlikely and not even reported that many sexual assaults are occurring in public bathrooms or public uh, fitting rooms at shopping malls. Um, these things are not occurring because 80% of victims know their attacker prior to the sexual assault. And the complaints about the transgender individuals or people pretending to be transgender individuals suppose that the majority of sexual assaults that are occurring are occurring when the attacker does not know the victim and just identifies them randomly, you know, someone who's in the bathroom when they go in. So that is um, that concern. Also, we certainly understand that people have concerns about their own personal safety when going into a bathroom, whether there's a transgender individual in there or uh, someone who's dressed as a woman and you're not sure if they're transgender or whether there's just anyone in there, right? I mean, I've been in restrooms where people were drunk and I was a little concerned about that and wanted to leave the restroom as quickly as possible. I've been in a restroom where people were arguing and I wasn't really sure where that was headed. So I wanted to leave as quickly as possible. So although we certainly understand that people have concerns, generally speaking, about safety, overall safety when in a public restroom, because when you're in a public restroom, you're often more vulnerable than when you're out like in the shopping mall or something, right? But the statistics do not support that sexual assault occurs on a regular basis in public restrooms. Uh, the North Carolina law, which, again, requires people to go to the restroom of their uh, original birth gender, is being challenged in court with a lawsuit. And the lawsuit claims that although there are no federal laws specifically requiring access for transgender individuals, that transgender individuals are actually protected by what's called the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. The Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. And that states, this is the clause, 
all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. So that's citizens and non-citizens, right? No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction jurisdiction the equal protection of the law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. So what these lawsuits are claiming is that by not by denying these transgender individuals the opportunity to access a fitting room or a bathroom or some other kind of facility that is um, consistent with the gender with which they identify, that they are not receiving equal protection under the law. I suspect that this case will ultimately make its way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court will rule on this. It will be interesting to watch just as a uh, someone who likes to watch what goes on at the Supreme Court. Um, but I think that um, I, I suspect that the Supreme Court will probably rule that uh, we are required to provide equal protection under the law to transgender individuals. I suspect that's what we'll do. And um, and that they will indicate that facilities need to provide access to safe bathrooms or safe fitting rooms in, in a way that's very similar to how they ruled about access in fitting rooms and bathrooms and restaurants for handicapped individuals or access for handicapped individuals at sporting events. You know, there have to be elevators for people. There have to be ramps for people to get in. It's not really that dissimilar an argument. What it's saying is that if you are a pu- if you are doing business in the public and if you're or if you're a governmental building or if you're out there serving the public you must provide equal access to everyone in the public you just can't provide access to a limited segment of the public and since there really are no um no statistics that indicate that transgender individuals or that sexual predators pretending to be transgender individuals are actually and statistically a security risk. I think it's unlikely that people will um, sustain that argument that we should limit access because we're concerned about something that statistically has never happened. 64% of transgender individuals themselves are sexually assaulted. So we know that they are being put in unsafe situations um, and that in many cases that might be going into an environment that they have to go into because of their biologically born identity or gender. And um, they're being harassed, bullied, or um, assaulted. And so while I do agree that everyone has the right to feel safe or private when they're in public, you know, they want to have their privacy. I, for one, would not want to be showering in a locker room where there are both men and women. I would find that to be a potentially dangerous situation. Um, and it could, I find that to be a violation of privacy. So I think we need to ha- offer options for people. And, but we don't, we can't limit access to transgender individuals because I think that they, I think that what we're going to find is that they do need to have access just like handicapped or disabled people need to have access to facilities. And you can't argue that it's too expensive to put in these new bathrooms. You can't argue that I can't afford because those were the same arguments that people used when the access to for disabled people were made. I'm a small business. I can't afford to put in a ramp. I'm a small business. I can't afford to put in special door handles so that handicapped people can enter the restroom. Those were arguments that were used at that time 
time as well. They were found to be not supported. They were found to be inconsistent with the Constitution. And I think that what ultimately what we're going to do is find the same thing here in this case. So a controversial topic, uh, but I think if you just look at the facts, what's happened with Equal Protection, the 14th Amendment, Equal Protection Clause, and what's happened with access and rights issues for minority um, parts of our population before, I think that we're going to find that um, the public as a whole does not want transgender individuals to be bullied or harassed, that people are going to try to find a solution that works for everyone, and that the courts are going to support that transgender individuals have rights and access to the same things that everyone else does. Well, it's been an interesting conversation about evolving issues about our transgender community, and it's time for a quick break. But don't go anywhere, because when we come back, I'm going to review some of the concerns about pay equity for women and talk a little bit about what work, what's working and what's not. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back here on Current. Do you feel totally confused about how to create a winning platform? Are you unsure about which topic to pick, how to make it marketable, and how to get appearances with your platform? My do-it-yourself coaching resource, Perfect Pageant Platform, teaches you everything you need to do to create a winning platform. I'll walk you through the steps it takes to develop a platform that impresses the judges every time. So visit my website today at ValerieHayes.com and click on the Pageant Platform tab to get started on your winning platform. Top contestants around the country have discovered the secret for creating a winning look. It's the Royal Wee Boutique. Former international pageant title holder Lane Berry will create a personalized, iconic competition look that establishes you as an elite contestant but doesn't drain your pocketbook. Lane has dressed evening gown winners in state, local, and national competitions of all the major pageant systems. Whether you visit in person or take advantage of their premier long-distance styling services, Lane will guide you through the steps of expressing yourself with a cohesive image that wows the judges. Visit them today at royal-we.com. You're going to look fabulous. Are you a first-time contestant who wants to make sure you're ready to answer any question? Or are you an experienced contestant who's frustrated because your interview score does not reflect your true title holder potential? Well, I'm here to share with you the biggest secret about what's holding you back from getting a top interview score. It's that most contestants don't know how to practice their interview skills correctly, so they struggle through marathon practice sessions, participate in mock interviews that actually increase frustration and decrease skills, or they just completely give up and wing it. But I've developed a full proof system for you to use that will teach you how to practice your interview so you can deliver great answers with poise and confidence in both the interview room and on stage. This is going to be the best money you've ever spent on preparing for your pageant competition. So visit my website at ValerieHayes.com and click on the interview questions tab and get started towards your winning interview score today. Get a headshot that establishes you as a serious contender for the crown. Studio D Imaging does more than just snap a photo. They actually help you create your iconic look by understanding the preferred look of your pageant and helping you to express your photogenic potential. They've created winning looks for contestants competing in all the major pageant systems, and they'll create a winning look for you too. Just visit them on Facebook by searching for Studio D Imaging or visit their website at studiodimaging.com. Contact them today and let Studio D Imaging create your perfect headshot. <laughs> 